Hey folks, today y'all are getting a little treat. This is a very special and exclusive bonus episode of Unladylike. Normally, you can only get this stuff on Stitcher Premium, but not today. That's right. Today we're bringing it to you for free. And if you like it and want to hear all of the other special bonus episodes, go to stitcher.com slash premium and use the code unladylike for a free month of listening. Hello and happy 420 to all y'all. I'm Caroline. I'm Kristen. And Caroline, I don't know that I ever thought that you would wish anyone a happy 420. Sure, it's a holiday to some. Yes. It's also Hitler's birthday. Ooh. Yeah. It's dark. Awkward. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. But more importantly for our purposes today, it's weed day, y'all. <laughs> and it's extra unladylike day. So put that in your pipe and smoke it, Hitler. Earlier this April, we released an episode called How to Sell Weed. And if you haven't listened to it, you definitely need to go back and do that right now. Well, after after this episode. But we talked to three professional ladies all about the legal cannabis industry. But there was actually one more woman whose story we didn't include. That's Becca Grumet. She's a queer cannabis lover who's not really in the industry proper. She's in media. Yes, I did just combine weed and media. Becca also writes musical theater. We loved what she had to say, but her interview didn't fit into our last episode, so we're bringing it to you here on Stitcher Premium. Okay, well, that's not actually Becca. It's a singer. But Becca wrote the words she's singing. Becca lives in L.A., and she co-wrote a musical with her friend Madeline Heyman called Weed Shop, a musical. So what it is is there's a, a medical marijuana doctor. She's new to L.A. Um, she's just gung-ho over the moon about the effects of cannabis and how it can help people. And then there's a, a bud tender uh, dude. As in a guy who works at a dispensary. And they're both wary to admit what they do for a living. And it's this whole comedy of errors uh, as they lie to each other throughout the show. And really, like, they're the perfect duo. They would get along great over, <laughs> over what they do. <laughs> the musical is part Hairspray, part Broad City. And yeah, it's like we have uh, all, these, all these crazy songs. I think... Uh, my favorite is probably the finale called You Can Store Your Weed in My Heart. Can Can you give me like a sample line from that song? Um, well, the, the chorus is you can store it in a box or my heart. <laughs> you can store it in a bag <laughs> or my heart. You can store it in a box or my heart. You can store it in a bag or my heart. You can wrap it up in plastic. That would be fantastic. But it still ain't quite my heart. Yeah, you can store your weed in my heart. Oh, God, that is romance. 
Watch out, Hamilton. Here comes Weed Shop. Weed Shop, the musical, was performed by this small theater company in Hollywood in 2016, and it garnered a bit of a cult following. The weed aspect was sort of like a Trojan horse. Like, it got folks in the door, <laughs> and they were like, Weed Shop. Like, what is that? <laughs> um, but it really is, like, kind of your typical structure fun like fun musical i mean we you know we we wanted to like surprise people you know our our actors break out into tap dancing it's a total celebration of well weed it's poking fun at a subculture in california it's a love story but also i mean it's actually it's a coming out story and for becca that's kind of the point it was important for her to show the process of a person like coming out about their cannabis identity cuz that's kind of how it feels to her. Totally. I mean, I didn't I didn't do this on purpose, but like my my identity has accidentally become a weed identity. <laughs> <laughs> but I think it's it's something that I wear just like, I don't know, in my in my body or something. I always go back to like the party culture that I experienced in college, like alcohol was it just seemed like it really did so much more of a number on folks. And, like, I always felt so much more like myself and more control of myself um, being high on cannabis than, you know, rather than shotgunning uh, beers. Did you have an experience getting drunk when you were younger where you did feel out of control? What was it about weed that made you think, this is going to help me, like, retain control over myself when I'm hanging out with friends or whatever? Yeah, that's really interesting. I I was once um, sleeping over a guy's house, and it was like a group like sleepover. And this was when I was uh, a little later in high school. Um, and yeah, I remember like his parents like took our keys um, and had booze out, um, and some of his friends got pretty drunk. And I remember. Uh, one of them was just so drunk and trying to get me to hook up with him to the point where I remember I locked myself in the bathroom and I was like, nope. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, I I think, yeah, it, when I when I go back to it, that was an early an early time that I saw alcohol could just, you know, change people for the worse. Um, well, so when did weed really become part of your life and part of your identity? Yeah, so I I came out to L.A. uh, to go to film school at USC, um, and I I became fascinated being in California um, at the time by medicinal marijuana and how I wanted to see really how easy it was to uh, get a card and just start buying my own weed. I remember the first time I smoked Kush uh, as a freshman in college. It was completely different than anything I had smoked on the East Coast. Like, I just Mm -hmm. remember getting so high and just sitting on my balcony in college and just being like, this is insane. So that summer, I had a friend drive me to a medical marijuana doctor's office and it was like a super weird experience. I just like went into this tiny room with this like old man who had a bad toupee and <laughs> he was like, uh, 
Yeah. So what's wrong with you? <laughs> I was really um, nervous. So I brought a bottle, a pill bottle of Ambien. So I was like, okay, I'm going to say that this is for my insomnia um, and I'm going to prove it because here's my Ambien. <laughs> mm -hmm. um, but like five minutes later, he was just like, cool, here's your thing, you know, like 60 bucks later. And I was like, all right. <laughs> um but yeah, I kind of became that person in my friend circle who was going regularly to the dispensary and just picking up weed. Becca came out to her parents about being a card-carrying member of the cannabis community when they came up for a college visit. They were walking along the boardwalk in Venice Beach and laughing about all the head shops and all these people wearing scrubs trying to get you to come into the cannabis doctor's office. And my parents thought it was so funny. Um, and so we, we, we get back to my car and I like open my glove compartment and I'm like, oh, well, here's mine. I already have one. <laughs> um, and I mean, they, they, thought, they thought it was fine. Becca came out to her mom as queer a few years after that moment on the pier. Almost on accident, her mom saw this Facebook photo of Becca with a friend and asked if they were dating. And I was like, nah, she's not my girlfriend. Like, she's straight. <laughs> but, like, you know, I, I probably will have a girlfriend someday. <laughs> how, was, how was talking to your parents about weed different, or was it different, th than coming out to them as a queer person, talking about your sexuality? Yeah, it was much, much easier to tell them about the weed, <laughs> um, which, yeah, I guess would be totally different for some people. I mean, I guess I was telling them something that I do rather than something that I am. Although mm -hmm. now, like, the two are very are very intertwined, I guess. <laughs> well, do you, do you ever see any, like, on the Venn diagram mm -hmm. of, like, queer culture and community and cannabis culture and community, like, do you see similarities and, and how do they overlap? <laughs> I just yeah, they definitely when you when you describe that Venn diagram, I just I just see a picture of me. Um <laughs> just a circle. <laughs> it's just my face. <laughs> um how do you feel that the queer and cannabis communities overlap or do they? Yeah. Um so in college also I noticed this thing happening where, like, the house I lived in was nine out of ten of us were queer. <laughs> the one the one girl who my mom thought I was dating was straight. Uh, mm -hmm. <laughs> but um our our identity really as a as a house as well was was sort of centered around cannabis. Like we would, you know, have parties and invite a lot of people over and or celebrate four twenty or whatever it was um with our queer community. As uh, people who consumed. But Becca's also seen firsthand how aspects of cannabis culture still see women more as sexy bud tenders than weed savvy consumers. I was really discouraged in a way, um, from working in the cannabis industry. Like like I thought I would be like a perfect fit. I'm like, whoa, like this is my identity. Like I should be doing this professionally. Like, you know, when I was trying to, you know, make some extra income that would supplement my very expensive theater habit, I was like, uh, <laughs> maybe I should work in a dispensary or I don't know. Originally, what I encountered was a lot of like, you know, on Craigslist postings that said, um, you know, no experience required, but like send pics, uh, full body, please. <laughs> um, and so 
I immediately, I didn't even apply to those because I was like, eh, not going to like my pics. I'm, you know, <laughs> like a woman of, of, you know, I'm like a queer woman of size who's like wearing a, you know, baseball cap right now on my head. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I mean, so I, the same kind of goes like, I remember I went to a 420 uh, a lot of the times at, at dispensaries, there'll be like big 420 blowouts, like spend, you know, this much and we'll give you like a big gift bag with all these cool things in it. Great. So, you know, I go to some of those and I remember one that I went to here in LA, all of their female employees basically had like the Playboy bunny costume on, you know? <laughs> mm, mm-hmm. Um, and I, and I see that too, like on their social media, um, it's, you know, these, these young, attractive women um, showing off the products in kind of a sexualized way. Um, and yeah, I mean, you, you're saying like, how does that reflect the people who are actually coming in? Uh, yeah. And what does it communicate <laughs> to people who are coming in? Yeah. I mean, it's, I think it's this, this branding of sexualizing weed uh, in a way and, and saying, you know, sexy people <laughs> smoke weed. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, I, I think it's, it's being hopefully turned on its head right now by those, um, <laughs> some people say on Instagram, ganjapreneurs, um, mm-hmm. a lot of whom are women. They're, you know, there are specifically women's cannabis events and, and women who are, who are advocating for, you know, changing that, that visual and that atmosphere of, of the community. And I think more so now, at least I see in LA, I see, you know, women who look like me as bud tenders, which is awesome. And so I, I think that is changing. Um, and that's what, you know, I'm hoping that Maddie and I are doing with our work as well in, in a weird, mm-hmm. different musical way. <laughs> Becca also says she sees a lot of women and queer-founded brands that are marketing products and cannabis experiences specifically for women, which gives her some hope. A lot of them are are queer women. Like, there's a bunch of queer women who founded uh, retreats for for women to go and enjoy cannabis together. Um, and there's there's, like, a very kind of queer mentality and, like, inclusiveness to it. I do think it has to do with the the hiding aspect. Like, mm-hmm. folks, you know, hide who they are, diminish who they are for so long. And, and you know, once they, like, for, at least for me, once they are out and proud, I think that just translates to other things. And so, um, at least, you know, and, and speaking for myself, like, I am trying to be as loud about my identities as possible, and, and both of them. I definitely think the, like, women trying, you know, women in the cannabis, as they call it, um, are definitely taking that grassroots approach. Um, it's, wow. it just writes itself. The gift that keeps on giving. You can store it in a box, or my heart. You can store it in a bag, or my heart. You can wrap it up in plastic bag with me fantastic, but it still ain't quite my heart. We'll be back with a whole new season of Unladylike on May 22nd. 
But in the meantime, you can hear every episode of Unladylike ad-free, plus all our exclusive bonus content on Stitcher Premium. And if you sign up now, you'll hear our bonus episodes with your amazing catcalling comebacks and the real and true definition of claptrap that we're always unpacking on the show. Sign up at stitcher.com slash premium and use code unladylike for a month of free listening. And don't forget our upcoming book from 10 Speed Press, Unladylike, a field guide to smashing the patriarchy and claiming your space, comes out in October. But you can pre-order it online right now. Head over to unladylike.co to get more info about the book, about Becca, and about all other women and weed we've talked to this month. And let us know what you think. Do you love weed enough to write a musical about it? Do you know how we can get our hands on some cannabis bath bombs? Please help us. Email us at hello at unladylike.co. Abigail Keel is the senior producer of Unladylike. Mixing and sound design is by Casey Holford. Julie Subrin is our editor. Our music is by Flamingo Shadow, Amit May Cohen, and Sarah Tudson. Our executive producers are Chris Bannon and Jenny Radelith. Special thanks to Brett Morris at Earwolf and Tiffany Square. We're your hosts, Kristen Conger and Caroline Urban. Remember, got a problem? Get unladylike. Uh-oh. <laughs> the lights just turned off. Oh, now they're back. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, oh, this is a, a shakedown or something. Um, <laughs> yeah, we're busting you yeah. for talking about weed. <laughs> Surprise! Finally, finally. <laughs> Stitcher. <laughs>